opinions, and attitudes. Attitudes. There's actually uh, intriguing talk. You know, they talk about the news. And you have to respect them for that. You're listening to Right On Radio. That's right. You're listening to Right On Radio. It is a Thursday show, but it's not just a Thursday show. It is a two for Thursday show. We're used to hearing two for Tuesday, and maybe it is two that way because it's Jesse and I, but it's two for Thursday, which is different than two for Tuesday because today, Jesse, we are doing two shows. We are. It'll be exciting. It will be exciting. So today we're going to, on this show, we're going to cover some news, some views, some opinions, and some attitudes, and we're going to bring up some things that uh, really have been making the rounds these days. Plus, we have some uh, other intel drops that we're going to just put before you to dig into, because, of course, never take our word for things. We want you to do your own research and discovery as well. So, Jesse, one of the things that has really been making the rounds, we addressed it last week in detail, but I think we still need to keep going on this because there's a lot of people talking about it, and we have a difference of opinion. And, of course, I'm talking about the Jesus strand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of questions, a lot of inquiring going on, people Wanting answers, wanting to understand. So we're going to go there. Okay. First of all, Jesse, why don't we, as an introduction to this, and we'll start with this, we'll get into some uh, some intel towards the end of this show. But Jesse, what is the Jesus Strand? Well, it's a, you know, it's a multiplex answer to that um, at its you know, root people are putting out their theories or ideas that, you know, Jesus's DNA was different than ours, that, uh, you know, there's some different posed ideas such as, you know, maybe he has, he has a three strand DNA because of the God DNA. Um, Some, you know, believe he's only got the two strands, but one is, you know, the God DNA. Um, Then it starts to go into things like, you know, is, is that strand connected to his marriage um, or the belief that he was married to Mary Magdalene and that he had seed and that that seed is going to rise up at the end times and sit on the throne of David. So um, it gets into some interesting possibilities. Okay, so there's some people uh, researching this and claiming that this is their research. Just because they've researched it does not mean it's true. Uh, One of the things that you had mentioned, Jesse, is uh, what do you what do you call these scribes again? You have a very specific. Oh, the meticulous scribes. The meticulous scribes. So let's talk about where this information comes from because it's our belief. And by the way, I personally consider this to be blasphemous when. Uh, you say Jesus is married to Mary Magdalene. The Bible does not indicate that. The Bible is our record. This is what we go by. If other other people are free to believe what they want, we are saying as a statement, a collective statement from right on radio and all of our top, top advisors, uh, generals, you might say, we none of us believe this to be true. 
we believe the Bible to be 100% accurate in regard to this, and God's word is perfect. So uh, this is part of the great apostasy you were saying, Jesse, and, and tell us how these uh, these scribes fit into that. Yes. Well, with the meticulous scribes, you have for centuries, you know, the Jesuit Catholic Church, which I have talked about, that that's one of the departments of the Luciferian system. So, you know, for centuries, they, they've been putting out, you know, how meticulous these scribes are, that they were copying books of the Bible. And, you know, it had to be absolutely perfect there. Um, scribe work with the scriptures. Um, but, you know, these books were hidden from the average people. Um, some of them are written in, they're written in different languages. So some of them you've got, you know, where it's going to be in Hebrew and Greek, others are in Aramaic. Um, some of them are in other languages as well. Um, you know, particularly Russian um, areas where they had high levels of, you know, Catholic Orthodox um, churches rising up. So, you know, with that, um, you know, did those scribes just copy the 66 books that we now have that make up our scripture? No. So the books that they created or made you know, include out of that 711 books, you know, it includes other books that were not, um, you know, decided to go with the 66 books that we lean on. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the council that made that decision. And what most people don't understand is that out of all those books, the, those 66 were particularly chosen because all of them include the prophecies, the typo, you know, the types, um, like they have the archetypes where, you know, there's things that allude to the truths about Jesus Christ as the Messiah. So even the story in Genesis of Noah, where it talks about the ark that God had Noah build the ark. And the Lord literally, once Noah and the animals were in, he shut the door. Um, that story is what they consider a type towards the salvation. You know, God's wrath had decreed he was destroying the whole earth. Yet within that, he made a way. And so everything about that story um, links to the crucifixion and the resurrection and the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. So, um, you know, that's why those 66 books were chosen. Um, so, you know, what they're presenting now, they've been making copies of, you know, these, I'll, I'll, I'll go as far as to say false scriptures. Um, not every extra book that's out there that's not in our scriptures is true. Some of it has true history for some of them. Some of them have, um, you know, like the book of Enoch that contains true history. You know, he talks about the demonic spirits that uh, the fallen angels that came and the knowledge that they taught men, um, you know, which was spiritual knowledge. Um, so, you know, is that true? Yes, it's, it's a true account. But is that a book that we look to 
um, to connect us to Christ. No, that book literally is meant to connect you to um, spirits and to give you knowledge about that. So, you know, they, they copied all of these books to make what they call the full scriptures. And, you know, part of the draw is that, you know, this is hidden knowledge and that things that have been withheld from us. So people are like, well, because it's hidden, it must be true. No, you know, we have to read it for ourselves. We have to weigh it in light, light of what we know is truth. And we have to, you know, pray through it and ask the Lord to give us discernment and wisdom and understanding as to, you know, what to do with what we're presented. Um, you know, I encourage people to make a quick comment there. Yeah. Uh, because you, you said the it's the quest for uh, for knowledge. It's that thirst, and people want yeah. to know what's been hidden. And and listen, that's that's natural. That's that's the flesh. That's you know, there's a curiosity. But really, that has been the downfall of the world. Right. It's, it goes right back to the garden. It's the the tree right of knowledge. Right, and and that the it's knowledge that would you know in a way make you like God or like a God because you understand both physical and spiritual things and have understanding into it. So, you know, I, you know, I just caution and warn people that you have to be very careful because with this, you know, what are we seeing is that they're starting to present a lot of untruths, you know, particularly we've, we talked a little bit about, you know, the things that are going around about Mary Magdalene. So, you know, I'll just outright say, was she married to Jesus? Did she have a child with him? No, that is an Illuminati brotherhood. It goes deeper. It's a brotherhood philosophy and ideology. Um, the Catholic church is not the only church, you know, that goes way back in time, back to the apostles, to Peter and John and James, um, the Orthodox Church does as well. And I encourage people to go, you know, do research through the Orthodox Church. They also have kept very accurate records about the life of Mary. And we're not taught these things about Mary Magdalene. Um, she literally served alongside of the disciples after the death of Jesus. She helped to get the churches started. Um, you know, there was no eyewitness accounts for many of them of her having a child. There was no hiding, you know, they weren't hiding her or hiding the fact that she had this relationship with Jesus. She didn't, you know, she was like a disciple, one of those who followed Christ because he had forgiven and washed away her sins. And she devoted her life to the work of spreading the gospel and bringing people to the truth. And one of the greatest proofs is in scripture itself. When the you know, stone was rolled away. When the stone was rolled away and Jesus appears to her and she realizes it's Jesus, you know, she says, Rabboni. And, you know, that means teacher in Greek. What woman who is a lover with somebody who has a child after they've watched them horrifically die 
and then realizes they raised from the dead is going to respond and say, oh, my teacher, they're not. So that's the truth of their relationship was that she saw him as her, you could say teacher, as her uh, pastor, her spiritual shepherd. That was how she saw Jesus and that pure and truthful reaction. That's the truth. That's what we need to look at. So we need to put all the heresy and the fallacies aside because where it goes is, you know, the brotherhood philosophies then uh, with, you know, what they, that relationship, they push that the fallacy of Jesus and Mary having a child, you know, that becomes part of their Holy Grail theology, which the Holy Grail is the chalice, which represents the womb, the seed. And, you know, who are they pushing as the seed of Christ? You know, it's it's the Antichrist. The, they'll say the long-awaited true Messiah, but we know the Messiah's already come. He's fulfilled over 250 prophecies. So we're not waiting for the Messiah to come. He already came and he's already ascended. He's already sitting at the right hand of God. Um, so, you know, we need to navigate that very carefully and really hold it in light of true scripture, because if not, there's going to be a falling away because people are going to believe, wow, because, you know, there's all this history from the meticulous scribes, it must be true. And why would they hide it from us unless it was true? But that's part of their game. You know, they make something hidden, make it forbidden, and it makes you want it even more. It, it's the same thing with the fruit from the Garden of Eden. It was forbidden fruit, and it made them want it all the more. And, and so one of the things, and, you know, I'm just going to relate this because you've talked a lot about the different programs that they teach. And, you know, someone needs a scientific program. Someone needs a mm -hmm. historical program. There's different programs for different people. They're running this multiple game all across the board. They, they've got everyone covered. they got every personality type covered. And if you're falling for this, wait till the aliens show up, <laughs> you know, uh, because that's going to be a grand deception. And... You know, th that's just my opinion that that's going to happen, but I I'm pretty confident in it. Um, so, Jesse, uh, you talked about researching the different churches. It wasn't just the Catholic Church and that. Uh, one of the things that's been coming out is this Order of the Rose. Do you know much about that? I do. Um, you know, it does go back to what they believe is the order that, um, you know, Mary had set up. And... Um, you know, usually it's called Order of the Blue Rose, and the Blue Rose is distinctly associated with it. Um, you know, I'm just going to put it out there that, you know, Mary did not set up any special orders. Um, you have where, you know, again, those who are connected to the Jesuits, the Masons, um, the Rosicrucians, the Templars, it all goes back to that. You know, the Templars were the guardians of the Holy Grail. The Rosicrucians are the main order that, you know, they don't just set up the order for the men. They have to make these different orders for the women. As you start to look into these orders, 
you realize that these women have very special positions and names. Um, some of them, it goes all the way back to, you know, the different Egyptian terms. So, you know, you have the priestesses of Delphi, you've got, um, you know, those that they call the priestesses of Naphtali, the priestesses of, you know, we know about the order of the Eastern star. Um, you know, they'll even call themselves the priestesses of Sarah or Rebecca. So, you know, it starts then to get into um, what I would call the high priestesses, the mother goddesses, those who engage in goddess worship. Um, you know, you'll always see the tri trifold goddess where they have the crone, the maiden, the maid, or the crone, the mother, the maid. And, um, you know, they'll worship the feminine, the life, and you'll see a lot of the tree of life uh, symbology with that. Um, the rose is like that too, is it opens up, you know, the bloom in the Illuminati or the Brotherhood um, beliefs you know, that ultimately represents the female uterus or Ashtaroth and um, the opening of the female organs to receive, um, you know, the, the phallus part of the man. So um, that's where those orders will take that. And think about that, you know, I mean, if we think about a regular trauma victim or, you know, basically, you know, who was Mary, you know, Magdalene, she was a prostitute. Um, you know, with that, she, you know, we know she had many men who some of them were married. She was actively engaged, not only in prostitution, but adultery. And, you know, for women who have gone through trauma like that, the sexual trauma, you know, they're not going to be pushing necessarily unless they've had complete healing and the Lord has brought them around to that. Um, these type of symbols or ideas that come out of the Masonic men have, you know, men dominating women type views. Um, you know, and when you get into the order of the blue rose, it that's really the ultimate job uh, of those women, you know, beyond the goddess worship, it's that, you know, they would bear the perfect man child who would raise up above them and dominate them. And I just don't see, you know, Mary pushing that. So, um, no, you know, I need people to really look into it. And, and, you know, just one of the things, uh, I don't know if you've watched the, uh, the show, the chosen, uh, that was done. It's kind of the, the life of Jesus. I thought it was well done. Um, did they take some artistic uh, things? Yeah, I think so. But I really love how they portrayed Mary Magdalene in mm -hmm. that. I think I think and by the the actress was just phenomenal who played her. And you know what? As listen, it was it's Christian entertainment. It's not uh, the Bible mm -hmm. unfolding. But you know what? Christians need good entertainment as well, right? And uh, I really enjoyed the show. I uh, I hope that uh, you give it a chance if you haven't. You can download the app. It's called The Chosen 
watch all the shows on the app. Uh, okay, so a couple more things I want to cover with this uh, particular subject, Jesse, because it really is making the rounds out there. Um, is gematria God's language? 321. <laughs> 321, 123. Um, I'm going to say... You know, my personal belief and opinion and experience of it is no. Um, you know, when I'm in the presence of God, he's not speaking in numbers. Um, Gematria goes, is it true? I'll just put, is it true? Is there a correlation between words, numbers, and meanings? Absolutely. God yes. made it that way. The numbers are meant to prove the letters. The words, yeah. yeah. So it, it's kind of like an accountability system. It all proves things. So can gematria be used to, you know, know what's happening, to know the deeper things of God? Absolutely. Um, you know, beyond gematria, that's really called Kabbalah, um, which is one of the departments of the system. Um you know, Da Vinci got into that with the Da Vinci code. That's what that's all about is interpreting scripture through the numbers, using the numbers to prove events, times, seasons. Um, there, you know, there's been so many people through through history who have done this, the, the Magi, you know, who came to see Christ after he was born, um, you know, that was part of it. How did they know? Because they were reading the stars, the signs, the times, you know, they were discerning things out of the word of God through these means and methods. And, you know, were they able to predict when the Christ would be born and were they able to go see him? Absolutely. The Lord allowed that. So it can be used in that way. Um, the caution though, is that when you're using it outside of the revelation of the Holy Spirit, you know, if God's telling you something through it, if he's using it to show you things, it's always for a purpose and a reason. If the Lord's not doing it and you're just getting into it yourself, and you know, basically you're using it as a tool or like a oracle, you know, you're seeking to know. Using it as an oracle, things. 604. Yeah. And, you know, so it, it's a form of divination then because you're, it's not the will of God, um, you know, when you're using it that way. So that's where we have to be careful with it. Um, you know, what is, is it the original language of God? No, no. You know, we have to remember the depth, you know, his, his, the best way I can describe it is a breath. And each breath has height, has width, has depth. And what gives it that? You know, the, you've got resonance, you've got harmonics, you've got light, you know, you've got the, the actual sound. Plus then you have a number representation, you have a symbol. All those things come together to give that breath its fullness. But, you know, if you when you hear God actually speak, you know, even scripture talks about when Israel heard him speak in that original language, how did they describe it? They described it as the sound of many rushing waters, you know, or the sound of this wind or, you know, 
that was the closest Again, the breath words of God. Could, yeah. Yeah. That was the closest words they could come to, to describe the voice of God when he spoke in his true language. Um, and, you know, so we have to look at those things and remember that, that it's not the end all is everything that's written there. Absolutely true. Well, not necessarily, you know, God has written within everything choices. So as you're doing these interpretations with Gematria, if, you know, you have to take into account those things that at every turn, you know, it's not an absolute form. You can't say, okay, you know, from this we're discerning, hey, guess what? The Kennedys are, you know, the Messiah's. Um, you know, because yeah, the number of fellows, so. yeah, I, I'm just throwing this out there as a random thing, you know, because this is kind of going around. But it's like if you look at it as this end all thing, you have to remember that people have choices and the will of God has has opportunities. Sometimes he gives us multiple doors. So it, it doesn't mean that everything that comes out of it is absolutely true. So you have to really, you know, if you're looking to that, I guess that's the thing, what I see people doing. They get into it, they see one or two things proven true, and they think, wow, this is it. This is how I can know. Okay, so that's ultimately at it. We want to know. And so they're like, all right, well, now I can use this to know. Well, what does God say to the Israelites? You know, there's a very strong statement he makes to them multiple times. He says, you know, why did you not seek me? Why did you not ask me? Why did you not come yes. to me for my counsel? So that's my question. Why are we <coughs> limiting ourselves to something that is a created thing? Did God create it? Yes. But is that what he wants us to seek to gain the knowledge? We have to remember knowledge is an intimate experience with something. Do you want your intimate experiences to just be with numbers? And maybe it's accurate. Maybe it's a good experience. Maybe it's not. Or maybe it's a cal you... carefully calculated psyop as well, where you can take about 400 phrases and uh, and put some numbers to it as well. So I, I didn't want to interrupt, right. but I and, need to put that out there. And get, you know, end up where it looks like, you know, it's been proving things true. Um, you know, it's very easy to deceive through that. So all the more we have to be on our knees, we have to be really seeking that relationship with God. We have to remember we have a living God um, you know, this even goes into the higher, the, the consciousness or the collective consciousness. Um, a few years back, I had an interesting conversation with a rabbi where, you know, we were talking about, is God a real being? And he says, well, no, you know, like the majority of us Jews, you know, now mind you, this is a rabbi, the person who's supposed to be ministering to the Lord in his presence um, teaching the people to have a relationship with the Lord. He says, we, we see God as a collective force. So, you know, well, what is that? 
Well, it, it means that, you know, God is kind of just this idea because everybody believes it. It makes this idea and things then, you know, kind of just work this is out. A rabbi. You've oh got goodness. this. That's the synagogue extra, of Satan, Jesse. Yeah. You've got this extra outside stuff happening there. Okay. And I, I just looked at him and I said, okay, let's go to one passage. It's in Genesis and it talks about when Moses and 24 elders went up on the mountain to eat and commune with God. And in that passage, twice, it says they saw God with their eyes. And I said, so explain this to me. And he said, he said, you know, that is an interesting passage. He said, the first time it uses the word that they saw God it means that they like saw God in a vision. Like, so they just saw in the spirit world and they could see God. Okay. But he goes, but that second time he said, the word there literally means they saw him with their physical eyes. And I said, so then how can you say he's not a real being that he's not a, a person that we really experience that, when it says they ate with him, they really ate with him. They really had this physical, spiritual experience of God. And so this is what this all goes to, is that as people are putting out these beliefs, we have to be careful to really guard the truth. You know, we know there is God. That is true. It's proven scientifically. It's proven mathematically. Um, you know, it's proven, it's proven in, by all of creation. <laughs> that's right. All of creation tells of his glory and tells the story. And, you know, so, you know, we have to remember that. And that is what we need to boldly speak forth as truth and not be looking towards these other things that lead us down a wrong path. Now we have we have individuals who are good genuine individuals. They may not have the depth of that personal experience with God. And they're bringing forward these ideas, these things that they're seeing. Now is it true? Um you know is there a collective consciousness out there that they believe you know makes God well, yeah, that's a false religion. They're experiencing something. It's not the true God, but they're... Well, you, they're you can't tell a lie without putting some truth into it. And listen, are our thoughts connected around the world? I, I, I think it's proved. You know, you could think, boy, I haven't heard from Jesse in a long time. And then all of a sudden, Jesse calls me. You know, uh, there we, we do communicate. But when you hear collective consciousness and you know, oh, the end can't come until the collective consciousness of awakeness gets to a certain percentage. Listen, that is, you know, straight from the pit of hell as far as I'm concerned. You know, yeah. that that's not God's measuring stick. And uh, just going back to Gematria, I, I, I have something to add to that as well. Jesse, you covered it so well uh, with, the, uh, with the word of God and uh, different things. But I just want to say uh, the claim that Gematria is God's language just using common sense, not being a theologian, you can easily uh, dismiss that claim. 
so I want to be really clear on this. First of all, uh, and by the way, I do believe in some of the Gematria stuff. I do believe that, uh, for instance, DJT speaks in simple Gematria. We've discussed that before. He always gives clues. We look it up and we find out what he's saying. So I think it's being used as a communication tool right now. Um, but listen, is it God's language? No. Because first of all, the, the original language was, you know, uh, pre-Canaanite Hebrew. Mm -hmm. As far as I know, that's just, that's the best research I could have. But uh, the, that is the original language. It was not English. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. who invented English? Well, we know in uh, Genesis uh, eleven that the Tower of Babel and the languages were confused and stuff like that. But so why is the gematria, you know, working in English and and there's Hebrew and then there's simple gematria? Look, if you want to find an answer in it, you'll find what you're looking for. Okay. That's it. And it's going to prove whatever you want to hear, but it is not God's language because God's language was not English. First of all, it was not the modern Hebrew that we're doing. And uh, it certainly wasn't numbers. You know, people didn't speak 400, 123, 526. <laughs> that is not how people spoke. So it is demonstrably not true. The claim that it is God's language. Is it a tool for us? Sure. Is it a tool for the other side? Yeah. Okay. So we have to keep, you will not spot a counterfeit unless you study the real thing. The real thing is the 66 books of the Bible. So I want yeah. to be clear. There's multiple angles that we're diffusing these things yeah. that are coming around. Um, and and I want to address too, you know, the the relationship that we have with individuals who may be bringing some of this stuff forward, or you know, it's like we want to be able to give the current. We want people to have full understanding. So sometimes the best way to do that is to bring these individuals on and have a conversation, or to point out conversations that they have. So like we, you know, pointed out. Um, that video with uh, Bryce and that um, Scott McKay had done the panel, that really was well done. There was a lot of good research and digging yeah. um, into those topics. Now, you know, and, and they went to the sources that they had found. Did they cover all the sources or things that are out there on those subjects? No, they, you know, kept it limited um, because it's just such a vast topic. It's hard to, you know, in a panel like that to present everything that's out there. They did but a great job. They did an excellent job. So we give them credit for that. And, you know, and these individuals are very good researchers, diggers. They're good at putting the information out there. Now it's each person's responsibility, what they do with that information. So you're responsible for how you react to it, what you choose to believe. And if you're just, you know, if you're just every time something comes out, you're like, oh, my gosh, that's really the truth. Um, if that's how you're looking at information and you're not discerning it, you're not praying through it, you're not bringing it before the Lord and having a conversation with him, then, you know, that's on you. Um, you know, are we are we bad for these connections? Absolutely not. The Lord no. tells us to engage. We're supposed to engage with others that, you know, that's what we're made to do is engage with the world. 
And, you know, Jesus had conversations with tax collectors. He, he hung out with the prostitutes at times, not in a bad way. You know, he went to their house, he ate with them and talked with them, you know, so we're meant to have these conversations with people. And that's what you'll always see with us. It, you know, and people know my history and background that I'm a huge person. How can you earn the right, you know, who believes in, I'll just say, engage community engagement. How can you win that right to speak into somebody's life if you never take the time to get to know them or what they believe? And, you know, do you find all that information to argue with them and push your own beliefs? No. You know, when I talk to people, um, you know, even vampires, it's like I had a conversation with a vampire who, you know, he's a psychic vampire, but he's also a Buddhist. And I'm just like, okay, help me understand this because a vampire, a psychic vampire sucks energy, which is taking from others. Yet a Buddhist is all about emptying themselves of everything. <laughs> so I'm like, how does this work together? Right? So, you know, you have to not be afraid to have those conversations with people. And if you're standing firm in the Lord and you know what scripture says, you have no fear because what those people say that is false or inaccurate or deceptive, it's not going to lead you astray. You are standing firm in Christ. And as you continue to engage with them, the Lord's going to open that door for you to speak into their lives. You know, I've had individuals that were having major health issues who were in the occult. And, you know, when did I get the opportunity to speak into their lives? It was when, you know, they would say things like, I'm looking at a major health crisis and I've got kids, little kids, and I don't know if I'm going to live through this surgery or if I'm going to die. And then I was able to say, you know, I'm, I'm standing here with you. How can I help you? Let's think this through. What things do you have that you can use right now as a resource to help you get through this? And as I did that, you know, that person felt the love of Christ. Like I didn't even have to say, you know, Jesus loves you. You know, you need to make your decision now know that came later, you know, they sensed that love of Christ as I continued to minister to them, you know, and they knew where I stood. They knew I was a Christian and they said, I've never met a Christian like you. You didn't push God on me. You literally just came alongside of me and walked with me. And I knew you yeah. and God were walking with me. That's what they said. They knew it. I never even had to say a thing about God but they knew God was walking with them through that. And th the greatest thing was when that surgery came, they had that utter peace and, you know, and they could just rest in that. So that's why, you know, that's where God leads those conversations when we just allow him to open those doors and to just love people. Love your neighbor doesn't mean they have to be saved. And and so I want to just summarize some of this stuff. Listen, we've mentioned a couple names here. We're not coming against the people. 
Absolutely. Fact, listen, I've never met uh, Bryce, but you've done a couple shows with her. Um, I love I, Bryce. Yeah. I think yeah. she. I think she's got a great heart too. I would like yeah. to meet her. Uh, I would even entertain having her on the show at some point in time. Uh, right. We're not afraid. What we're doing here is just coming. We're giving what we believe is the truth against this very popular message that's going around. Okay. Uh, if you don't have to decide with us, by the way, you are a free will agent. If you want to believe that stuff, that's up to you. Uh, but I would say you'll be easily deceived. So, uh, because of the time constraint we have, Jesse, I'm, we're going to cover the JFK angle in a different show. Okay. We're going to, we'll go into depth and perhaps we'll do that with Cisco because she has some very specific things to say on that. Um, we did promise two shows. Um, but I also said at the beginning, we're going to give some, uh, some update intelligence that I think is going to tie in together. So I'm going to do it pretty quick. Uh, but first of all, you were talking about healing and the surgery and stuff like that, Jesse. Yeah. I had a miracle on Friday, and I want to give God the glory. Yeah, let's um, do it, Jeff. <laughs> so, uh, so truthfully, uh, I'm a very healthy person. I very rarely get sick. Like, I've maybe had three fevers in my life sort of thing, you know. Maybe had the flu once, you know. And, and in my 50s, that's a pretty good track record. But the one thing I'm susceptible to uh, is ear infections. And when I get ear infections, which, you know, happen every couple of years, it seems, um, my whole jaw, my side of the face goes, uh, you know, it starts to hurt. It pains. My ear closes up. Uh, I can't chew my, I can't even close my mouth all the way. Like, and all of this was happening to me on Friday. And so my mm -hmm. wife's like, okay, I see it. You know, we got to get you antibiotics and stuff like that. Cause mm -hmm. it usually takes a few days to clear up. And quite honestly, it's not pleasant to go through. Um, and for me that day, I literally, I just said, God, would you do me this today? So, in fact, it was on my birthday. Also, so I'll claim that. So, I, I I said, God, it's my birthday. Can you can you help me? Can you deal with this? And literally, I made that prayer, and I just believed it, and I kept I carried on. I think I was cooking at the time, and uh, within about a half an hour, I realized, oh my goodness, I can close my jaw. The swelling's gone down. My ears opened up. Praise the Lord. Within a half an hour. And, uh, and that has never happened before when I get those signs it progresses. So right. praise the Lord. Absolutely. Okay. So there's a couple things that are very important. I'm just going to tie them together really quickly for you. In fact, I got three items that I think really go together. First of all, uh, that infamous, uh, executive order, the DJT signed about foreign interference in selections, mm -hmm. selections, which one do you select? Um, being very careful with the words, uh, that was extended by the acting guy, by the Pedotis, by the Pedotis. And interesting. what's interesting is he quoted it and he says, I'm extending it because the president made this order. <laughs> <laughs> now that is interesting. You know, he would not be in favor of that, you know, from what we understand because of you know, the nefarious things involved with that. So two very interesting things. Very, very, very interesting. Now, also, it came out about a week ago uh, that 
you know, the Durham thing. And by the way, that was the last post of a, of a certain military back channel, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the cucumber club, we referred to it as in the past. Um, but the very last word was Durham. And that was just a statement. But And we know what Durham was looking into. It was the origins of the spying and things like that. But what came out is there's two Durhams. They're both named John. And they, they both have special counsel status. Who is the second John Durham? It's John Durham Jr. Interesting. Now, there's a third implication in that. Um, you know, it goes back to the Durham, we'll just call them trials, um, that deal with the, you know, the, we'll just say the World War II, uh, the enemies camp. Um, but there was a base by that name. And so I think that it goes back to looking at some of the things that were going on there, which I do believe includes child trafficking and experimentation mm -hmm. um, that was being done on humans. So it's kind of a trifold thing. Um, I think that this report is going to include quite a bit of information that details crimes in, you know, internationally and in the U.S., and don't forget the symbolism of what a Durham boat is, which is exactly what uh, George Washington took when he crossed the river. And, uh, you know, 1776, folks, uh, I'm telling you, this, they're making it so obvious for us. If you haven't caught up that we are winning, um, you know, everything looks dire. You're looking in the wrong direction. Things are not dire. This is just about done. Jesse and I reported about two months ago that we're already celebrating because we know that in the heavenlies, the battle has been finished. Um, so, but speaking of that, uh, and with that report that's coming out, the uh, the acting uh, Podotis team, you know, they, they said they wanted to close this uh, certain uh, place down in Guantanamo, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but like Guantanamo, but maybe we can call it Geronimo. <laughs> Geronimo. Uh, yeah, but they're expanding it. It's not being closed, which is what, you know, the administration said, we're going to close that because it's not right. They've wanted to close it for you. Why are they expanding it? They're putting together another courthouse for tribunals. They're, you know, uh, they're expanding the facilities. So this is all happening at the same time. And from what I understand that this report is really waiting on is happening in AZ. And mm -hmm. yesterday, devastating news out of AZ because not even the report has come out about the, uh, the thing that they've been doing and forensically looking at things, but just the canvassing that happened, the uh, that came out and it is devastating. Like over 200,000 ghost notes, right? <laughs> the, you know, listen, you can't make this was so over the top, overwhelming deception. Um, how many years has this been going on? I think we're going to find out for decades. Yeah, I, I believe we will. All right. So, Jesse, we had promised two shows. What is the second show? We are going to continue, and it's probably going to take a few episodes, but we're going to continue to decode iPet Goat 3.
I'm excited for that. We like to do decodes. And where are we going to decode that, Jesse? Are you on channel two? <laughs> on channel two. I was sitting here like on our show. <laughs> like, <laughs> what answer are you wanting, Jeff? <laughs> so we have a second channel on this platform. And by the way, Podbean, it's just gonna be released. If you're a Podbean subscriber, bang, you got no problem. Uh, for this, the in the description box, and we have all the links for, by the way, our courses, our merch shop, all the links are there. The coupon codes are there if you want to use them because there's some great savings that we want to do just for our listeners. People who go to uh, write on you organically or whatever, pay full price. But you, uh, because you're a loyal listener of this fan, you get the special discount. So they're there. Uh, the merch shop is there. If you want to be in the Army, if you want to feel good about yourself, get an Army shirt. Get uh Get to the right on radio gear. There's some really great stuff. I just ordered more of it myself. Um, unfortunately, the first stuff I ordered was all black because I order black clothes. And on this black background, it's not going to look great. So I haven't worn it on air yet, but I do have some gear myself. Uh, but you, So you're going to have to go to the link below for channel two. And we'll see you on the other side. Oh, I wanted to change my ending a little bit. What was it I was going to say? Hmm. You know what? I'm going to have to remember it for next time. So if you're uh, going to join us on the channel too, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio.